I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to the midweek edition of the Wokecast. Joining me, as usual, the host with the most, my brother from another mother, it's Chisanga Malata. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you very much, man. How are you today? I'm excited, ecstatic, and uh, I just can't wait to get into this episode. Obviously, the news has just broken about the fight cards which will be taking place on Fight Island. And man, oh man, I mean, I, I tweeted about this earlier. Ambassador, all these fights, you are spoiling us. Yeah, man. Like, even like some of the prelims that have been announced as well are just straight fire as well, man. Yes. Oh, like, you, you know what? I think it'd be remiss of us not to just give our our, our emerging thoughts. As you know, it, this has literally just been um, broken and um, just been released. But just our emerging thoughts on the fight card so far. Let's start with July eleventh, Usman versus Burns. I just can't believe, to be honest with you, that his name is up there in Leon Roberts. It's not Usman. But Leon Roberts, <laughs> bro, <Leon Edwards. laughs> how you do this? This is twice in like the last in the last four weeks. The disrespect, man. The, the, the... <laughs> nah, I know. That's probably I... why it's not. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Why it's not Usman versus Edwards? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just anyway. Let's just start with the prelims. At long last, Davy Grant. How many full starts has he had? How many cards has he been invited to? And then, you know, through injury, through some misfortune, basically he's had to sit in the sidelines up until now. Martin Day versus Davy Grant kicks off the 11th of July fight card on Fight Island. What do you make of that? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Davy, Davy Grant back in, in the octagon. I think he was last... He last fought in, in Russia, I believe, in September. And I think it was against somebody it was a gregory popoff and he won by a split decision and that yeah. that was his first fight in i think over i think close to 18 months and then mm -hmm. prior pri prior to that one he hadn't fought for two years yeah so yeah i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy to see see him back back in action it's but as as you say he's he's been he's been unlucky he's had He's well. I, I believe from when he was meant to fight. I think it was Manny Bermudez in May 2018. He had staph infection, and then he's he's also had a another card. Oh yeah, of course he was he was meant to fight in the Rosen Strike and Gunu card. He was meant to yeah. fight Lewis Smoker, and then that card mm. uh, that card got postponed due to COVID. And it sucks for him because obviously, uh, as I said there, that uh, prior to. Not his last bout, uh, the actual bout that he had against Manny Bermudez in July 2018. He'd had two years off and it just seemed as if he'd got the win in November and then he was just about, like, the momentum was just starting to build up. He was just back in training camp for everything and, yeah, and then COVID hit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see him, him back in action and the, the fight against Martin Day is going to be a good one. And I think people forget, forget how good Davy Grant actually is. Like, well, and I think... 
that's just a, a byproduct of him being on the sidelines. But I'm pumped to see him back in action. I really am. Yeah, yeah, it would be a welcome return. Next up, Carol Rosa versus Vanessa Milo. Um, I have to say, hands up, I, I don't know anything about Carol Rosa or Vanessa Milo. Likewise, Rob. Um, I'm, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do our due diligence ahead of ahead of the fight. But I'm not. To, I I wouldn't want to speak. <laughs> I wouldn't want to waffle on something and then uh, and then look like a buffoon if if what I'm saying is isn't true. But yeah, and that's that's go. that's no disrespect to those two ladies. Mm. Um, next flyweight bout is Raulian Pavia, um, Pava, sorry, and Zaglas Zimoglov. Again, and names that escape me. Yeah, but it look, well, it, it well, it wasn't that long ago that you the UFC were going to be done with the flyweight division, and now it seems that they're making a concerted effort to keep it around. So, I'm happy that the flyweight division's around. But I, because if you think of it, if they would folded the division after, well, they initially wanted to essentially get rid of it after Demetrius Johnson left. But if, yeah. if they would folded the division, I think it would have been, it would have. It would have been a kick in the a kick in the nuts for for the fight the the male 125 pound fighters because they would have been forced with uh, forced to just move up to bantamweight and a lot of them are just undersized and they're they're too small the former champion Demetrius Johnson included because if you remember mm-hmm. the fight against Dominic uh, yes yeah, Dominic Cruz I can't remember what year it was but Dominic was just too big for him I thought so but yeah I'm again I'm happy that the flyweights are around. Speaking of two big heavyweights next, Marcin Tibera and Alexander Romanov. Man, this uh, looks like this is this looks like the lower end of the prelim. Yeah. So um, that is a good <coughs> actual matchup to go into the second portion of the prelims. I, I guess those will be those early prelims will be on the fight pass um, prelims. Correct, so yeah. that's a nice little nice little segue into the to the prelims prelims. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and. Uh, Heavy heavyweights and tights people like if especially if there's a mm. if there's a knockout if there's an early knockout whatever people are like yeah I'll watch the rest of the card yeah I'll order the pay per view so I think the UFC are being strategic with that and I'm looking forward to seeing how Martin Tabera performs because he I'm pretty sure yeah he beat Sergei Spivak in yeah in, in February it was on the it was on the Benavides Figueiredo card my memory's escaping me man too many fights are mm. happen, too many fight cards <laughs> happen man but that was uh that that was a win uh, that stopped yeah that that snapped a two fight losing streak both of which were TKOs so i'm sure he'll be desperate to register another win because as we've seen you can you can well if you even if you win th- one of your last four or whatever the UFC can just cut you so it's He's he's by no means safe, but saying that he that he is he's he's kind of become uh he's kind of become ever present on the heavyweight heavyweight roster and as me you me and you have said there there aren't that many heavyweights on legitimate heavyweights uh for the UFC to actually call upon so oh yeah but you never know next, man you never know next up Leonardo Santos and Roman Bogatov lightweight bout. Yeah, man, that's that's going to be an an interesting fight. I've only briefly done some research on on Leonardo Santos, and if memory serves me correctly, I can't remember what when what was his last fight. I believe he last fought on ah he beat Stevie Ray, of course. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. of course he beat Stevie. Yes. Yeah, it was that. It was a KO. Yeah, it was. It was the. It was a one punch KO, and uh, mm. um, that was that was just shy of a year ago. There was a. It was a year on June first. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that that was a crazy crazy knockout. And Leonardo's been on. He's quietly done some work. I know he's. He, he, the fight against Stevie Ray was his first in actually nearly three years. He had like a near three year layoff, but he's won his last. Let me bring up his record because I know he's also beat. He also beat Kevin Lee. He beat Kevin Lee at UFC one ninety four. If memory serves me correctly. Mm. Okay, so he has won. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, he's won his last. He's won his last five in a row. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah, but... Just out of interest, you say he's, he's won his last five in a row. You've got the record up there. Yeah. Were they by um, decision or were they by um, submission? So one was by submission. That was against Antonio... An- Antonio. <laughs> I was going to call him Antonio Rocco Martin. Anthony Rocco Martin. Uh, yeah. And then a decision win over Efren Escudero, a decision win over Adriana Martins, and TKO victories over Stevie Ray. No, KO's victory over Stevie Ray and a TKO win yeah. over Kevin Lee. Ah, interesting. Because I, I remember when I had um, Stevie Ray and Mark Casey on the uh, show together, that was one of the things that Mark was actually rubbing in Stevie Ray's face, that, you know, this, this grappler schooled you, schooled you in stand-up, which is supposed to be your arena. But anyway, moving swiftly on, Maquan Americani, the prince Maquan. Uh, actually, no, it's uh, Mr. Finland. Mr. Finland. Uh, Maquan. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Finland, uh, Maquan Americani. And Dan Henry, I've got to admit, I've got a, a, a bit of a soft spot for Maquan. He's a so he's such a personable guy. He's mm-hmm. so smooth with it as well. Plus, he kind of like backs up um, what he says he's going to do in the cage. I'm really looking forward to seeing his return. I I, I think um, for Maquan, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw him uh, in the cage. And um, uh, he fought Shane Burgos. Ah, two four four, and he was winning that fight to well the first I'd say the first yeah yeah I'd say the first probably the first first two rounds okay maybe first round and a half and then and he got tired didn't yeah he, if I remember right now. Um, yeah. Hurricane Shane just poured it on man just mm. and towards the end and got the stoppage he was so tired but I think he had something wrong with him I remember even writing on Instagram that he had some sort of infection going into going ah. into the fight and. Like and, and who who are we to say to question the validity of it? Because we've never really seen Maquan get tired prior to it. So I think that statement that he came out with carries some weight that he probably did have something wrong with it. But mm. I'm pumped for this fight, but not just because Maquan Amakani is an entertaining fighter, because Danny Henry is uh, one one of my favorite fighters and someone who I actually know personally from uh, my time in Edinburgh. So I used to work in a night. Oh. I used to work in a nightclub in Edinburgh on George Street called uh, Why Not. It's, uh, well, it's uh, it's it's a bit more upmarket nowadays, but let's say it wasn't, it, it, it didn't attract the, the classiest uh, customers and the classiest ladies. But anyway, let's, that, <laughs> side, side note, side, that's, that's a side note. But Danny was actually the head doorman there, and that's how I first, first met Danny. So this was, when did I leave university? I think this was maybe... This was maybe about eight or so years ago, or, but I met Danny previously. So maybe, maybe I think I first met Danny about t- 10 years ago when he was working the doors on Why Not? And I was a drunk punter going in and then obviously I started started working there. So yeah, I've, not, I've actually known Danny for, for a very long time. So 
Yeah. Were you doing the doors as well? No, 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 bro. I was a barman, man. I was, I was, I was, I was, a, I was a barman, yeah. I know you got some shape on you, but man. <laughs> nah. I, was, I just can't imagine you turfing patrons out, you know, unruly people on the street and, you know. No, 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 no. I, I, I couldn't have the patience to deal with uh, drunk people like like uh, the bouncers on many a, a bar door do. But, yeah, so that's, that's how I, I met Danny many, many a moon ago, so... When oh. when I found that he got the the call to fight, uh, it was at UFC. It was UFC Glasgow actually, but that was was that in twenty seventeen? I think it was in twenty seventeen, August twenty seventeen. Mm. Yeah, I can't even remember. It was around June or June or, or it was June July or August. It was in the summer anyway. And he got yeah. he got a short notice call to fight. Uh, was it Daniel Tamer? I think it was Daniel. It's one of the, one of the Tamer brothers, and like that debut from him was fantastic. Like I, he was losing. I'd say he was losing the first uh, half of the fight, but then he came back, came back strong to to get the victory yeah. and to do that on home soil, like in front of your fellow countrymen and countrywomen. Man, that must have been some phenomenal feeling. I can imagine the elation. Yeah, and then obviously he got the he derailed the Hakeem Duwadu hype train in London emphatically, if you remember, because he rocked him and then he uh, he choked him out with it was it a, oh yeah was it standing it wasn't a standing guillotine i can't remember what the choke was but it was one i think it was a submission though. yeah let yeah. me yeah it was a submission what did, i can't, can't remember what it was off off the top of my head but then he fought the last fought last the last ufc london card uh the one that i missed that was that was uh that was masvidal against tail and he i think he lost to dan Ige. i think that might have been just a step up in, in class just just too soon in into his uh, UFC career, but so he'll be looking mm. to get back in the win column against Amikani, which is going to be a tough, a tough ask to be honest, because Amikani's no joke and he brings the smoke. <laughs> I didn't mean to rhyme Next. there, people. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Chisanga's got bars. <laughs> Next up, it's a welterweight bout, and it's Elizu Zaleski uh, dos Santos and. He's clashing Muslim Salikov. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Um, I'm trying to think. When did Zaleski last fight? He he beat Alexei Konchenko not too long ago in, in Brazil in March, actually. Uh, and then prior to that, he lost to Li Jing Liang. Yeah, I don't... Well, I know this sounds bad, but I don't really have much thoughts on the, on on that fight. It, it's not really... Same. It's not really one of the standout ones for me, really. Like, really, because obviously we're... Moving into, yeah, we're moving into the final paper, uh, final pay per view. I'm on about the final prelim card, which is Volkan Ozdemir against Yiri Prashat. I can't even say the man's name. I'll let you say it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it like you, but yeah, yes, you threw me <laughs> under the bus, Yiri Prochaska. Yeah, man, and uh, he's he's been on it. Let's go with that. Yeah. T- <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, I love the way you just said yeah. No, man. no, no, no. Let's do <laughs> let's give the, let's do the man some justice. Yuri Prochaska. Pro, Pro, there we go. Yuri Prochaska. That's what I said. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. yeah okay, that's all right. I'm sorry if I butchered the name Yuri and and you you, <laughs> you, you, you hear this. Um, yeah, so Yuri Prochaska. If correct me if I'm wrong, he's been signed with the UFC for. When did they sign? Or, or news of his signing was first reported a while back, but mm. yeah, Prochaska. For people that don't don't know, he's been. Oh no! Didn't he fight in the UFC already? Or I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm no no. Uh, I get confused. He fought. Uh, he fought. Who did he fight? 
he fought CB Dolloway. He fought CB Dolloway in December, actually, in Ryzen. If you remember, I don't know why I got the promotions confused, but for, for some reason, I still associate CB Dolloway with being with the UFC. Yeah, so he fought CB Dolloway. He won by TKO. He fought Fabio Maldonado, won by KO, and he beat King mm. Mo as well. Like, I mean, he's an absolute killer. Like, if let me bring up his record and see how many stoppage victories he's got in a row. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's won his last eight via TKO. So this being the curtain jerker for the main card, you know why this is there. Oh, of They've course, got a man. job to do. And, and it being light heavyweight, I can't really see this going the distance. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, we all know that Volkanovski just carries ridiculous power. It, like, mm. I can't remember. No time, remember? Yeah, no time. Yeah, but, but he needs to work Doesn't on... Use that for a while but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's 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 true well, say, well saying that he didn't he beat he beat um yeah he beat latifi via via ko but that was in the second round so you can't really do the no time celebration if you're going to the second round yeah. if you know if you know what i mean mm. but yeah so he's on mm. he's on a two fight win streak now i'm tr- he beat alexander rakic that was in career if memory serves me correctly that was a split decision and obviously that snapped uh well the win over latifi sorry snapped uh a three-fight losing streak for for Volkan because obviously he he came into the UFC on a tear. I, I mean, they kind of threw him to the wolves debut-wise, putting him against Oven Saint Peru, and he got a split decision win there. And then he starts Mika Serkinov, and then he beat Jimmy Manoa as well. And I, oh I, man, I, that that was a horrible knockout. I still I still Jimmy, I still hate him for it because Jimmy would have got a title shot if he had won that fight, man. Yeah, so, yeah. It's and then obviously. Cormier just made it made it easy work for him, and then he lost to Anthony Smith and and Dominic Reyes. Although he mm. didn't really lose that fight to Dominic Reyes, if memory serves me correctly, he yeah, I yeah. In fact, I was in Zambia and I even caught the highlights. And from the highlights, from what I saw, I thought Volkan won that. <laughs> but yeah, as as you say, the UFC they've made the right decision putting that as the uh, the pay per view the curtain jerker because that fight mm. is just going to be chaos. Who we got next? Amanda Rebes and Paige Van Zandt. The triumphant return of Paige Van Zandt. Who, if memory serves me correctly, she's on the last fight of her contract. Now, I don't know about you, but I just get this vibe from her because Mr. Paige Van Zandt is in Bellator. (laughs) She's looking to make that switch because the dollars are definitely beckoning. And um, I don't know, just the vibe I'm getting from her. I don't think that she's going to be on the best side of any negotiations if she loses this nah yeah a hundred percent and i i for one I, I don't like it when fighters when they gamble on their on the last fight of their contract it's it it's it's on the, it, it makes me uneasy so can you imagine the pressure that it's on on them and then on their subsequently on their families like knowing that they have to win to to retain their spot on the roster and i mean yeah to take that gamble against Amanda Rivas as well, man. I mean, come on, what are you doing? Like, what what are we playing playing at here? If, <laughs> I, I think it was Kyrus that even said this disrespectfully. Shout out my man Kyrus Bodley. I think he was like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's something, it's something along the lines of it's Paige Van Zandt's funeral or something like that, man. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something he would say. Yeah, that sounds like something he would say. Even if I've wrongly attributed that quote to you. 
I'm sure you've thought it. I'm sure you've said it. And I'm sure we'll see a video, probably <laughs> a mock-up video of uh, Amanda Rivas putting Paige Van Zandt into a coffin or something like that. But yeah, that's that's a, that's a very good fight. And again, the UFC know what know what they're doing. They're putting one of their well, I, I wouldn't even call her a star really because her body of work in the UFC doesn't doesn't warrant that won that title but she's one of the more prominent fighters on the roster and as Curtis Blades raised I think probably it's a lot down to do with her looks and that's through no fault of her own obviously she is she is a skilled fighter to a certain extent but I think yeah I, I don't want to come across like a like a like a douchebag saying this but I think her looks have, have played have played a, a part in her success in the UFC come on we both know what is actually driving her popularity uh, now yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think i think it'd be rather ignorant if we didn't actually acknowledge that because she does look very spectacular but to be honest with you i'm not a fan of her fighting style i'm not a fan of her fighting prowess i i personally feel it's um it's looks over actual substance here but man i just mm. gotta call it as i see it let's not tiptoe around this yeah no of of, of course and again it's 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 no it's it's no fault of her own that she's that she's uh, an attractive woman. I, ha- I have to be careful how I'm saying I'm saying this stuff, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, as as you say, like her her fighting style, it's 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 not really it's not really the best, is it? And no. if she keeps going for that spinning switch kick just because she landed there once against Beck Rollins, it does my head yeah. in. She she goes for it every single time, like multiple <laughs> times in a fight. I'm like, okay, the element of surprise is gone now. Nobody, everybody knows that you're gonna try throw it. But yeah, like no, no, any any fighter that makes it to the UFC, you've got to give them props for. So I'm I'm not trying to belittle her or make light of her skill set. There there is a skill set there, but against the the cream of the crop, I mean, Rose and Amanunas dealt with her, Michelle Waterson dealt with her. Uh, I mean, and so so did Jessica Rose Clark as well. So and then her last win was against Rachel Ostovich, who, as you say, is probably in, in the same boat as Paige Van Zandt as well. Like I mean. Off the top of my head, Rachel Ostovich, her rec, she's got four wins and five losses. So, mm. yeah. And anyway, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to the fight. I'm probably going to pick Amanda Rebass to to take the victory, but I'm sh- I'm sure the UFC are secretly praying that Paige lands that switch kick and and, and gets the W. I'd be surprised, you know, from what you you know, or for, sorry, from what. I can gather with how negotiations have gone. I'd be surprised if they didn't purposely team her up with Amanda Rebess just to, you know, send her on her way. Yeah, man. Well, they did that to your to your boy Uriah Faber against Peter against Peter Yan, and 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 I know this. We might even talk about this later, but it seems that Dana White. He, he said the other day, he's like, I don't know what to do with Anderson Silva, and. Something tells me that they're going to try tee him up against a killer, another killer, because that's what they did with uh, Jared Cannonier as well. Like I think they they wanted Cannonier to try, try and usher him out the door, and I think that mm-hmm. that might be something that they do to Anderson, or maybe that's just the the me seeing me being the cynic that I, <laughs> that I am and the pessimist. I wouldn't want him to do uh, Anderson dirty like that, given everything he's uh, done for the promotion. Mm, I don't think they care. I think in the coming days, again, I'm going to will this into existence like I did Lerone Murphy's matchup. But I think you're going to find in the coming days, probably 
beginning or even middle of next week you're going to hear an Anderson Silva matchup but Ooh, okay. getting back to getting back to Usman versus Burns uh, main card main carded uh, by Usman versus Burns Jessica Andrade and Rosemary Yunus up next personally I don't like this one little bit I don't like the fact that we're going back to the scene of the crime and it's a vicious crime where we saw you know Rosemary Nami Yunus getting slammed on the head. Now, that resonance in terms of psychological ramifications must still have an impact on Rose today. And mm-hmm. I just don't like the possibility of that, first of all, A, um, happening again, but B, um, I'm, I'm just wonder, I'm, I'm wondering what happens in the event that Rose, as I feel she will, loses this. Uh, you think Rose is going to lose this fight? Come on now. Yeah. Come on I do. now. I, I rate Jessica Andrade's hands and I rate her fighting prowess. Why'd you say come on, man? Okay. Like I'm a leper. <laughs> Let me cast you out. Cast you out for saying that. <laughs> no. I, I, was, I was actually there uh, in Brazil for, for uh, UFC 237. Uh, and mm-hmm. th- th- that was probably one of my favorite cards that I've been to. Namely because I actually wasn't working. I was actually in the crowd getting drunk, but, <laughs> but wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd uh, I'd managed to score a, a, a free a free uh, a free press trip to 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 Rio and got to see Rio, one of the places I've always wanted to go, and got to see some fights and oh okay. yeah. So yeah, it was it was a dream come true. But going back to your blasphemic statement there, <laughs> Mister Morgan. <laughs> Rose was piecing up Jessica Andrade before before she landed that slam. I know I know she like I know she almost slammed her earlier in the fight, but I mean that yeah, she was she you. was she was pumping that jab away. She was she was teeing off on her face, and uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I, I I just think technically Rose is a far superior fighter. But again, I I understand the the point of view that your your point of view in the sense that some psychological damage would have been done especially the devastating nature the ma- devastating manner sorry in which the, uh, Jessica ended the fight i mean yeah. wh- like fr- from the crowd we saw her we saw her get slammed but we didn't realize that she'd landed on her head it just looked as if she'd like landed maybe on the top of her back slash her shoulder so when she mm. wasn't moving everybody was like holy shit and then yeah it, it literally was it was it was probably one of the biggest holy shit moments that i've ever experienced in in the sport but i'm i'm confident rose is gonna she's like footwork is too good for jessica jessica is she she plods forward like i yeah she plods forward and there's no there's not really any lateral movement with her as well she's very rigid that's that's what i've noticed and I know. Don't get me wrong. She's got knockout power. I believe she knocked out. Who's she knocked out? She knocked out uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I think was it a left hook or I can't remember. Uh, it was a left or right hook. But Rose is technically far superior. She's going to use her footwork. She's going to stay on the outside. She's going to jab her face off. And I probably think it's going to be a decision win. You know what, Chisanga? You're talking the big talk there. You know what I'm going to do? Okay. For each card that we run down on the main um, card. We're going to pick um, a fight where we're at odds. And that odds, okay. you know, in a venomous way, like we are now. I've got my girl, Jessica Andrade. You've got Rosemary Yunus. The loser, and that is the person who has picked the person who loses, mm-hmm. has to do 25 press-ups. Uh, How about that? Okay, I'm down for that. That's fine. That's fine, bro. 
me and G. So just for the record, and just for clarity, yeah, I'm going with Jessica Andrade, just so that we've got that down in tablets of stone. Mm-hmm. And I, Chisanga Malata, son of Charles and Phoebe Malata, <laughs> I'm going with Ross and you, I'm a Eunice. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Peter Yan versus Jay-Z Aldo. Now, I have to say, this has been a long time in coming because it was on and then it was off. Mm-hmm. But d- do you think that, you know, Jay-Z is actually worthy of this? No. Let, let's like, let's call it a spade to spade. The UFC, yeah. they, they want a big name. They want another big name on the card. That, and Jose Aldo fits that bill. I mean, you you can't you. Uh, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to articulate myself because when I, when the matchup when it first got announced that Jose was going to be fighting for the title, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, you can't have mm. you can't have somebody who's, who's coming off a loss. Don't get me wrong, I thought that he beat Marlon Marais. I I I clearly thought I thought it was clear and evident that he beat Marlon Marais, but the record states that he lost. Thank you. The record states yeah. that he lost, mm. and it's not as if Marlon Marais was. The that was a number one contender match, and Marlon got injured, and he was unable to compete. Uh, then logically, it would go to the person who just who lost the fight. They just decided to to chuck Jose Aldo in there, and I know I think Dana White defended it by saying, "Oh well, if you look at his his body of work at, at one forty five and blah blah blah, he's a legend of the sport, etc." And just just trying to justify it, but it doesn't sit well with me. I mean. I love Jose Aldo. I think Jose Aldo is, is. I know I didn't put him in my top ten list, and that's blasphemy. I need to re, redo my top ten list or what have you. But he's, he's <laughs> he, he is one of the greatest of all time. I mean that that run before he ran into Conor McGregor was was phenomenal. Like if, if literally Hall Hall of Fame stuff. But again, you you can't have someone who's fighting coming off two, not one loss but two loss. I I know that loss was to Volkanovski in a in a different weight class. Fighting for a title, it's just—it's baffling. It's—it. Well, it, it, oh, oh no, it's—it's it's not baffling. It's just the UFC just trying to chuck a big name in there and trying to make, you know, yeah, trying trying to spice up the card as well. Which even if you didn't have Jose, even if you just had Peter Yan in there, just fighting anyone. Let's for argument's sake say, um, Aljamain Sterling, who should be the next, who should get the next crack of the bantamweight title. That would have been a good fight, but I think they're just they're they're trying to go big with the fact that it's a, a no go card at Abu Dhabi Fight Island slash Fraud Island because it's not actually technically a remote island that, <laughs> that, that that we all wanted or whatever. Don't get me wrong, I still love the concept or whatever, but I wanted a cage just on a small piece of land or what have you that where Dana White has to sail out by boat to do the post fight press conference with John Morgan and whatever you, but. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm moving off uh, off topic, but you you know I I know you want to move off topic, and you know just before we get into Alexander Volkanovsky and uh, Max Holloway, but just on this whole Fire Island notion, I know that you know Dana was trying to actually pull back in terms of how people were perceiving the island before it was revealed, but. Those T-shirts, they were kind of like ramping things up. Plus, the social media was going into overdrive mm-hmm. of both ESPN and UFC Europe for a start. And it makes me think, Dana, you kind of like needed to pull in your own people, let alone, you know, pull in the media and journalists, because that's what was actually feeding this frenzy of this idea of an island. And, um, 
you know, to be honest with you, though, I was listening more to Dana than what I was actually seeing on social media. Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I think I, I, I bought into it myself. I was just like, yeah, this is going to be awesome, blah blah blah. And I think I bought into the fact that. No, I also bought into people putting mock-up pictures of the octagon on an island yeah. and there's just crystal clear blue water and, and what have you. And yeah, I've, I I kind of feel like I've been missold. Like, who, who do I... Compl- Sell the pot? Yeah, who do, who, <laughs> yeah, who do, who do I uh, complain to for false advertising? Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah. Well, it ain't going to be Dana White because you're not going to get any money out of him. I mean, look at the fighters flipping. They've got this. You, you know what? For want of a better word, you could call it a strike. Blimey. Yeah, no, I, I think it is a, it is a strike. But I, as, as, as I've said, we need the fighters to come together. And I know this is an individual sport. And, and if the UFC were to approach one of the big names, like let's for instance say they approach John Jones, like, okay. We'll give you an extra. Uh, we'll give you an extra couple milli for for each fight from now onwards. Then John will be like, "Okay, I'm sweet. I've received an extra what five million, or I get an extra five million each fight. I don't need to unionize or whatever." But there comes a point, and I I stressed this when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There comes a point mm-hmm. when the greater good has to has to take priority over your own personal gain. And now more than ever, I, I feel that maybe in like a couple months' time. If if say Connor is still out, John is still out, Jorge is still out, and Nate Diaz is probably out as well. For if I feel that if they stay out for another couple of months, they'll they'll have the UFC over a barrel somewhat, and I think the UFC will will have to will have to listen to their demands. But I want them to listen to their demands, but those demands be for higher fighter pay across the board, not just for themselves. One hundred percent. Moving on, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway doing the do again. In all honesty, I think we've seen this all before. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know we've obviously seen this before, but I'm just talking about this is going to be a carbon copy of what we've seen before. Because Volkanovsky in a recent interview, I have to say, I really do believe this man. He's, the strength of his conviction. First of all, he's going off an example which we saw and you know the emphatic come forward style that he has is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But secondly... He's been training all this time because he knew this. Was, he knew this was coming. Max Holloway, I don't know how he's been prepping because obviously, you know, we've all been on lockdown. But you know, Volkanovski, I think, is going to take this again. That pressing, come forward, um, un- unrelenting fashion in how he fights, I think, is going to be more emphatic this time around. Yeah, I mean, rematches seldom go the. Well, go the way of the the person who lost the the first fight, and as much as it pains me to say it, I I I think it could it could go the same way because yeah. Volkanovski he he studied Max Holloway's well obviously every fighter studies their opponent's game to a certain extent, but he really really studied Max Holloway's game and really mm. really and really understood and un- understood how how much Max leans on his front leg and relies on his front leg for his unorthodox movement and he chopped away at that and if you're Max Holloway this is this is a style that he's perfected over the last four let yes three three four years or what have you and you're not just going to change your whole style up your, the whole style that's brought you success has brought you world titles or whatever just for the sake of, of one fight and if you do it's going to have a detrimental effect on you so yeah as, as you say i i think it's going to be unstill 
and then I think Holloway is probably going to go up to 155. Moving on, the main event for the welterweight championship strap, Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Now, come on, we know what this is. We know what's happening here. We've got a, a, a budget opponent for Kamaru Usman. Come on now. I just think that this is going to be a walkthrough. I mean, it's going to be a walk in the park for Kamaru Usman, in all honesty. And um, we know why we are here, because of money. Yeah, and and I've seen people lambasting uh, Gilbert for taking the fight, for taking a, a, lower, uh, a lower paycheck. But I don't, yeah. I, I don't begrudge him for it whatsoever. I mean, this is a, a chance to fulfill a dream that he's had for for several years and to change his family's life for forever so th- th- it, it baffled me when i saw people saying oh yeah he's just taking he's taking low money he's taking I, I, I mean and any of us would take a ufc t- t- world title fight for i was about to say 2k and 2k maybe not but <laughs> if you know if you know if, if, if you know what i mean like well okay so i think I think the lowest you can get paid for a UFC title fight, at least according to Gray Maynard's tweet, was $42,000. $42, I'm sure that has gone up because Gray Maynard against Frankie Edgar, I can't remember how long ago that was, but that was a while back, maybe even nearly a decade ago. So, yeah, I've, I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd, take a, I'd take a whipping off, off Usman for, for, for that. But again, I mean, this is Burns' chance to fulfill his his dream of becoming a, a world champion in mixed martial arts premier promotion but it's going to be an interesting fight because obviously they both train together and like that dynamic it it changes things it, it it changes the fight and it makes the exchanges a bit more tentative and one one fight that springs to mind when uh, talking about training partners who actually if memory served me correctly they were still training at the same gym at the same time was when Alistair Overeem for Andre Olovsky because they were both training at Jackson Wink at that time and if memory, yeah. memory serves me correctly I know Alistair front kicked him his face into into orbit but um, <laughs> yeah it, it, it makes it makes the exchanges quite tentative and early exchanges quite tentative because the other knows because they know each other inside out and they know their strengths they know their weaknesses but if any if, any, if Gilbert's going to have any chance of winning the fight I think it's going to be in those early exchanges if he just Throws throws caution to the wind and just goes for it. I just can't see it. Just based on Kamaru's, first of all, his gas tank. Yeah. Secondly, his relentlessness. But I just think, in terms of caliber, Burns isn't on the same level. I just think that this is just going to be a walk in the park. I really can't see any way, which way, that Burns comes away with a strap here. Yeah, maybe maybe he's not there just yet. I think maybe if he'd had another. I'd say maybe another year or so, and he got another three fights in, or maybe whatever pace he fights at could have been five fights or what have you. But if he'd had maybe another year, that that he'd be more of a formidable challenge for him. But I'm going for Usman in this fight. I I don't think it'll be quite a walkover, but I I think it'll be a decision victory. So, on Yaz Island, 11th of July. I can't wait. I have to say, that card is just sick. You know what? I think it would be kind of like remiss of us if we didn't take a quick canter through the other um, announcements. Now, we can do this in real, like, uh, um, uh, zippy fashion. And that is um, on the July 15th card, which takes place on Wednesday, July 15th, on um, Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi. 
Um, my man John Phillips is back in action. John Phillips, yeah. the middleweight, he is taking on Dusko Todorovic. Todorovic. Todorovic, yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, Todorovic. He's taking, I have to say, a nice step back into the Oxygen. I'm very partial to John. You see, I don't want to go with his new name because I always know him as the White Mike Tyson. So yeah. John, the White Mike Tyson Phillips, um, is always a welcome addition back in the cage. But in all honesty, the one that's really floating my boat, uh, again on 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 the prelims, um, is seeing um, my man Lerone Murphy come back to the cage. And as as you probably would have seen already, I willed that fight into existence. <laughs> now Ricardo Ramos, Ricardo Ramos. I think that Lerone Murphy is going to make light work of Lerone, uh, sorry, of uh, Ricardo uh, Ramos, just as John Phillips is going to make light work of old Dusko Todorovic. Yeah, um, um, again, I'm happy to see Lerone Murphy back in the octagon. And obviously he's returning to, well, yeah, he's returning to the scene of the crime where he got robbed for that victory of, uh, over, what's his name? What's it? Zubaira Tukov. Because we yeah. that, that verdict was, was a BS verdict, but... Anyway, he endeared himself to the UFC brass and to fans watching that card with the performance. And of- shut my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> shut my mouth. Because I, I, I had him going in as this guy who, you know, had little experience on the regional circuit. Hadn't actually, you know, came out um, big and got on the um, larger promotions and just bounced into the UFC. I was like, nah. You're getting destroyed, son. Yeah. And man, I mean, considering the caliber of opponent that he faced, I've got it in my mind now. They're just just giving him top opponents now, just pushing him really hard. Yeah, and some sometimes they do that. Sometimes they just want to throw fighters to the wolves, and I mm. I, I get it. I, I, I I'm a fan of it at, at, at certain times, like just as I'm a fan of pitting prospects against each other. I know people don't like that idea or whatever, but let them fucking fight. But anyway. But yeah, as you say, they've kind of thrown him to the wolves again. How many fights yeah. has Ricardo Ramos had in the UFC? He's had close to seven or eight, I do believe. You could call him a vet. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, you could call him. A, yeah, I think he's had six or seven. But yeah, anyway, he's 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 a he's a vet for for sure. And well, I'm, I'm, in fact, I think in the second fight, if memory serves me correctly. That was at UFC 217. Do you remember when he marked Eamon Zahabi with that spinning elbow mm. from hell? Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and like, he's only, his one loss, his one loss in the octagon was to, to Said Nurmagomedov. And that was, he, but he, he lost his spinning back kick and he lost punches. Uh, yeah, it was a TKO, if memory serves me correctly. So he's no slouch, man. He's, and again, it's, I, I like throwing fighters to the wolves. But I just wish it wasn't the British fighters being thrown to the wolves all the time, if you know what I mean. Well, I've got every faith in my man, Lerone. I think he's going to... I see a stoppage here. I really do. Man, you... think TKO in the third. Second or third. I, I, I agree with you. I think, I, I think the fight won't go the distance. I might, in no. fact, I might, I, might, I, might put, I might put a tenner on a second round TKO. I think I might join you in that. Before we leave the prelims, was there any uh, other fights on here which kind of like float your boat, interest you, got your eye? Obviously, you got my girl Molly McCann fighting Talia Molly Santos. McCann, yeah. We briefly talked about that last week. This fight, if she, should she win it, that would be four wins in a row. And 
in the flyweight division, I, I think a, a stellar performance against Talia, her name will fly up the rankings. I think she's 15th at the moment. But given, oh, yeah, I, right. I think she's 15th at the moment. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, but she should well and truly find herself in the top 10 and like in contention mm. for, for, for a title shot, really, because I don't know who else is on, on like, on a, on, would be on a four fight win streak in the flyweight division. Nobody, really. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. So, Joanne Calderwood, she's meant to be fighting uh, Valentina Shevchenko at Shevchenko, some yeah. Yeah, at some point. But I, if memory serves me correctly, I don't think she she's on that much of a win streak. I think she... If, da, da, da. No, so she lost to Caitlin Shukagan in UFC 238. And then she beat Andrea Lee. And then mm. she's getting a title shot. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean... I'm sure Molly knows this as well. She she knows that if she can get an impre- impressive win, then it's not beyond the realms of possibility that she might even get a title shot. Why? I mean, why not? We haven't got long to wait. So, main cards. Um, what jumps off the page here? Um, it's got to be Fra- it's got to be Frankie making his yeah, long awaited. And by long awaited, I mean like over a decade awaited <laughs> <laughs> phantom phantomweight debut. I mean, for I've I've spoke to uh, had the pleasure of speaking to Frankie's longtime coach and uh, good friend Mark Henry on several occasions down the years, and each interview and every time we talked about Frankie, he'd always talk talk about him going down to one thirty five and saying mm. that's his natural weight. Like he'd he'd be one of the bigger guys there, and he'd have success in the division. And I think Frankie Frankie's stubbornness not not stubbornness that 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 makes that makes it sound bad is, is determination and, and doggedness to to win a title at one forty five kept him there. But yeah, for everybody knows Frankie Edgar literally when he was a uh, when he was lightweight champion he was literally weighing. Like on weigh-in day, he was weighing 155 pounds and he wasn't cutting any weight. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the picture of him next to Chris Cyborg, where Chris Cyborg just looks ridiculously huge in, compa- in comparison to. No. Have you not seen it? Okay, go- Google no. it afterwards, man. It just it just shows you how small Frank Frankie Edgar is, or or maybe not <laughs> how small Frankie Edgar is, just how small Chris Cyborg is. So yeah, I think. I think this this is this is this is a good fight for Frankie, especially against a highly ranked guy again like like Pedro. I mean, if he beats Pedro Munoz, he's he's off to the races and he'd easily find himself in in the top five at, at bantamweight. And if another if he was to, if he was to get another win after that, then I mean, you could talk about title shot. You see, that's why I've got Frankie down to win. One, okay, the old romantic in me wants to see him get back to his former glory. But two, I just think you've nailed it when you talked about, you know, what he actually walks around at. The weight, I think, is going to play a factor here. Now, Pedro Munoz, I'm not sure how much he cuts to get to that, but I just see that Frankie's going to have the advantage here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for sure. And I know I know, obviously he's, he's, he's dropping down in weight, but... Frankie's speed hasn't really dis- dis- disappeared over the years. And how old is Frankie now? I think he must be must be 37 or 38 or he's yeah, he must be 37 or 38 cuz I'm 31. So yeah, he must be 37 or 38. But <laughs> but, but look, I 
I, I'll never ever root against Frankie Edgar. I love Frankie Edgar. I, I want to see him get the victory, and I think he's got the tools to beat Pedro. So, because we are on the main card now, you know, unless we are going to um, have a difference of opinion when we get to uh, Kato and Ige, but um, is there anybody on the main card who you want to, uh, well, go the 25 press ups? against my 25 press-ups oh okay let me let me bring up this card because ma- chris fishgold and jared gordon we've not spoken about those two they're on the main card okay and, yeah um, so they are i'm I, i'm going with jared gordon only because obviously his pedigree and where he's coming from i just think that he's going to be too much for chris fishgold but you know let, let's choose one that we are both comfortable with okay all right let's let's see this my chest is going to be swole by the end of this if I lose. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be me, actually. My picks are notoriously shit. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Chris Fishgold. I'm going to go with Chris okay. Fishgold in this. Yeah. All right. I mean, I know he lost his, uh, his UFC debut to Calvin Cater, but in, yeah. in, like, in hindsight, man, there is absolutely, there's absolutely no shame. There's, well, no the sh- fact, no. There was no shame at the time anyway. But there's no shame in losing to the dark horse in, in, in the division. And then he beat Daniel Tamir, who's no slouch. And again, there's no shame in losing to Marco Namakani, which was his, his last fight. Mm. So I think Chris will be, he'll be wary. He'll be wary of like, if I have three losses in my four UFC fights. He's it, gone. Yeah, he could be. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. And oh, will, will I say submission? Yeah, fuck it. I'm going Chris Fishgold by submission. I'm not going to pick a round, but I'm going with Chris to win via submission. Okay. And just on your, you know, three fights and you're out, look for this to be a recurring feature in the coming months. I've got a feeling that the UFC are going to be trimming the fat and it's going to be under that old auspice. And that is three fights in terms of losses, you're out. Yeah, I, I I think so. Like, I mean, just remember what they did to Elias Theodora, man. They did him, they did him dirty, well and truly. Just, I, I think it was also part partly to do with the fact that he's outspoken. But as you say, that because fights haven't been going on for for three months, the the process of ushering fighters out the door and ushering them into the UFC as well has stagnated. So I think, yeah, over over the coming weeks and probably over probably until yeah i'd say probably in july and august we'll see a few departures from the promotion for sure oh 100 now uh the next card up um actually no sorry we've got a rewind we haven't um haven't touched on kato and ige um i'm going with kato only because you know i i personally feel that he's 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 got to a stage now where, you know, someone of Dan Ige's caliber, don't get me wrong, it's still credible, still in there, mm. but I, I've, I've just got Calvin. I've got Calvin Cater. Yeah, Calvin is such a smooth operator. Even even though he lost uh, he lost his Zabit Magomed Sharipov, and listen to how I nail that straight away. Yes. <laughs> even yeah, even though, even yeah, he put on, he put on a stellar display and he was, he was coming on strong in the last, in the last round. And, if memory serves me correctly, that fight only became the main event because a fight fell through. Now, I can't remember which fight it was, but it was only a three-round main event. Had that fight been a five-round fight, 
Zabit, I think, yeah. was done for, and I think Calvin Calvin would have taken taken the, the win. But I mean, Calvin bounced back from that loss in hellacious style against Jeremy Stevens. I mean, that elbow was not an elbow; it was a hellbow that he caught Jeremy <laughs> Stevens with, and just. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Calvin Cater's boxing. I think he's arguably got some of the best uh, best pure boxing in the 145-pound division. And I think he's, if, well, if judging from what we saw against uh, in his fight against Edson Barboza, I think that Ige's going to have his hands full dealing with them hands. Next up, July 18th. Figueredo versus Benavides 2. So, on the prelims, I have to say, this I love the influx of Brit and um, Euro talent on these mm. cars. I mean, obviously, that was why the actual island was... Well, island. That's why um, this uh, Abu Dhabi uh, destination was actually, you know, um, dreamed up. But this is just a beautiful thing to behold. It's like every single card, there's an interest there from a European perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean... Picking up that interest and peaking our interest on July 18th, uh, I'm going to delve straight in there. Joe Duffy versus Joel uh, Alvarez. It's good to see him back in action. Joe Duffy, last time out was against Mark DKZ. You know, a lot of people were saying that was a close run thing, but I personally feel, you know, Mark DKZ showed his maturity, showed the fact that he's no longer just about flashy kicks and hooks and spins. But um, it's good to see Joe Duffy back in there. Yeah, I I agree. As you say, a lot of people did say it was a it was it was a close fight against Mark, but I had Mark winning that that fight handily. And it's it's yeah, it'll, it'll be good to see Joe back because he hasn't fought since that fight. That was last March. Well, not last March, in March twenty nineteen, and then prior mm. to that, I believe he had he had a two year a new two year yeah, and over a two year layoff. So. And I can't remember if that was injury enforced. I think it might have been, but it's good to like Joe Duffy. A lot of people sleep on him, and I, and it, I don't mean to sound disrespectful. I, I I think a lot of people just just forget about him because he's just very soft spoken. He just goes about his business. He doesn't trash talk anybody. He's such a nice guy as well. But obviously, yeah. he's, he's he's a killer in there as well. I remember that performance uh, against it was on the Manuel Anderson card when. He uh, he pieced up Reza Madari, if you remember that. Yeah. If you remember that. Yeah, fight. I do. Mm. So, yeah, I'm I'm gl- I'm glad to see him back, and hopefully he can get back in the win column because obviously he's on a two fight losing streak, and as you say, as and as we've said just earlier in this episode, three strikes and you could be out, man. Oh yeah, definitely. Also, Brett Johns versus Montel Jackson. I have to say, this was a slightly um, disappointing matchup because I just want to see him go against Nathaniel Wood. That is a matchup that has been like, you know, for me, wanting in, in terms of like matchups, it's, it's been a long time in coming. So him versus Montel Jackson, I think given that, you know, he, what, last time out, he was, he's on a loss, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I think that this is op- his opportunity and a quite an easy one to get back into the win, win column. Yeah, like uh, likewise. In fact, you know, Brett had he beat Tony Gravely on the Blaze de Santos card in January. I completely forgot about that card. But ah. prior to that, he'd lost to um, 
Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz. I yeah, mean, that's that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, again, there's well, no no shame in losing losing to those two, like the 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 cream of the crop in the 135 pound division. But mm. yeah, need, needs to get another win, and I think I think he'll get a win against Montel Jackson. But Montel has been in good form himself. I think he's won his last three, but well, two of those were decision and. I think one. I think one of those wins was actually over Brian Keller, as well, who, yeah. who prior to his last fight was in a good run of form. But yeah, that should be an an interesting fight. And but I see Brett getting the job done. Hmm. Fast forwarding to the main card, um, there's quite a lot on here that piques my interest. Ariana Lipsky um, versus Luana Carolina. I have to say, Ariana, it's been a little bit of a disappointment. In all honesty, if if I can, you know, speak. And uh, speak candidly, mm-hmm. since she's coming to the UFC uh, off the back of you know her prominent performances at KSW, where she was dominant and she was ferocious. Coming into the UFC, not so much. So this, I really hope, is her opportunity to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to admit, I'm not familiar with Luana Carolina's um, uh, latest. Hold on a minute. What's 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 her? What's her record? Have you got that in front of you? Um, I can get it up for you right now. Yeah. Let me see. Two seconds. There. Because if I remember rightly, hadn't she had like a really long layoff? I, I'm, I'm, I might be confusing her with someone else. Well, not Carolina. Two but seconds. I, 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 I thought she was on a, a three-fight win streak. Was it four-fight win streak? But I'm, I'm going all off, all off memory here. I could be completely <laughs> wrong. I'm just filling the dead air whilst you actually look that up hey man my my memory with my memory with fighters records is well and truly just just gone now because there are too (laughs) many fighters to to remember i remember like 10 years ago the record was nowhere near let's see okay yeah no she had she was meant to fight ariana ariana ariane sorry twice she's had four bouts cancelled like i do believe one of those was to wait a second. Let me read this. So she beat Priscilla Cachoeira in da, 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 in May 2019. So yeah, that's the last time she fought. Right. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Oh, yeah, that's a long time ago. But hasn't she been on before then? Wasn't she like on a on a tear? And she's she's basically had this long layoff. Yeah, so she am I confusing her? No, she right? she, well, Is, she beat Priscilla Cachoeira and then she beat uh, Maybelline Lima on the Contender series. Mm. Yeah, right. I, I put it this way: I'm hoping Ariane um, does it only because I, I want to see her stay in the UFC. Yeah, likewise. And again, she's she's so green into her career as well. People forget, although she was fighting in uh, in KSW for a while and she was obviously champion when she was there, she's only 26. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I mean, again, like they, I, was about, I was about to say, they kind of did feed her to the wolves. You know, they did feed her to the wolves in her debut. They gave her Joanne Calderwood, if you remember, if you remember that fight. And then they gave her Molly McCann as well. So, and then who was it she she fought after that? I think it was uh, I can't remember. It's, it's, it's Isabel something. I'm I'm doing the lady yeah. a disservice, but she she got back in the wing. <laughs> she she got back in the wing column there. So hopefully she can she can get an, another win because I mean my, myself and you know and everyone else who watches KSW knows how 
how accomplished a striker Ariane is and how, how good she actually is. So I just hope that she can showcase her, her true form in the UFC. Well, next up, my man Mark DKZ versus Rafael Fiviez. Now, Fiviev, um, Mark had a, uh, a change of opponent here because this wasn't who he was mm-hmm. matched up to return to the Octagon again. So I'm not that familiar with Rafael Fiviev, if I'm honest with you. But I- I'm hoping that you know Mark goes in there and does the business. Are you familiar with uh, Rafael? No, I'm not. Um, who was Mark was initially meant to fight Alan Patrick, and that was going to be right. that was going to be a, a good fight. That, well, that was yeah. going to be a good fight. Yeah, Rafael mm. Rafael Fiz- I'm not too sure. I haven't heard about him, actually. No, in fact, he's fought, he's fought three times in the UFC, sorry. No, twice in the UFC. He fought... Who did he fight off the top of my head? It was... Uh, I can't remember. That it was, it, was, it was last April he fought. I remember, I remember that. But I know he won his last fight as well. His last yeah. fight was against, against Alex White. Sorry, that was, and that, was, that was in October. Yeah, it was in October. But yeah, I'm... I'm gonna throw my hands up in the air, waving like I just don't care. I, I I'm not I'm not too familiar. I'm not too familiar with, uh, with with his with his fighting style or whatever. But again, just rooting for Mark to to get it done, and then that will be three wins and three uh, three wins in a row. Correct? Yeah, that will be three wins in a row if he gets the the job done. I thought it'd be two. Didn't no, because he... he beat Landover and I, he beat Joe oh, Duffy. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Yes, so yeah. it'll be, come on now, dis- I, disrespect. So... <laughs> <laughs> disrespect. Never against Mark. I'll never make that mistake again. Funny story about Mark. I'm sure I've told you this, but I'm going to tell you again. When he was at Bama, I was one of his biggest detractors. And we used to have like, you know, basic online wars. And I used mm-hmm. to, you know, tell him that he needs to stop the duvet dancing when he gets in that cage. He needs to really kind of like, you know, really di- kind of like just bantering. Anyway, yeah. he switched it up. And apparently this switch up was because I was bantering so hard with him. He decided to shut my mouth and shut my mouth. He did. And I've been <laughs> an instant fan after, after all of that. <laughs> yeah, man. And like, do you remember that fight? Uh, well, obviously, I'm sure you remember that fight because I know... He- your uh, your pally with Kane Moose as well. But remember their title yeah. fight as well. I, I I I thought he died. I thought he killed Kane. Seriously, Gosh, that was man. incredible. I mean, that one hit a quitter, that overhand right. I mean, I'm not sure if you've seen the backstage documentary that I did for Bama on that, but Kane had a massive contusion because of that. It was was incredible. Yeah, absolutely man. massive. That was th- that was in thirty six seconds, if if memory mm. serves me correctly. And he said he was going to put him out in the first round as well. Yes, he said it. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, and if that was uh, and that was a win that got him into the UFC, if memory yeah. serves me correctly as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. But now I've I've been a fan of him since the Bama days, and it's good to see him, you know, thriving on on the big stage. But next up, Jack Hermanson uh, versus Kevin Gastelum. Um. I um, think that this is going to be the one which you and I are at odds. I just got the feeling in my water because Kevin Gaston, I have to say, um, the caliber in terms of who he's facing, you know, Jack Hermanson and what Jack has been doing of late, I have to say, he's put himself firmly on the map in terms of middleweights and middleweight prowess. But 
I've got a feeling that Jack's going to take this. I'm in complete agreement with you on this, Mike. All I, right. I, 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 no, no, I, I'm, I'm in complete agree, agreement with you. Look, I, I, I'm a fan of Kelvin Gaston's fighting style and and everything, but if you actually look at his, his, his last few wins, look, look, well, okay, so his last few wins came against Ronaldo Souza, against Michael Bisping, um, Vito Belfort, although that got overturned to a no contest because he tested mm-hmm. positive for weed, which ridiculous anyway. Tim Kennedy and Johnny Hendricks, and then against Nate Marquardt, and all of those fighters have something in common. They're all the wrong side of thirty. They're all getting yeah. up there, getting up there in years. And now I'm not trying to say that Kelvin can only beat these uh, th- these aging fighters because he, because he's got wins over um, who else? He, Jake Ellenberger, who, when he fought, he was st- still still a force or still a juggernaut. I should have said that would have been the perfect <laughs> the perfect use of his nickname and and Rick Story <laughs> and and Uriah Hall as well. Obviously, he beat Uriah Hall on, on the on the tough finale. But as of late, I mean, you, you you can't ignore the fact that the fighters that he's been beating are fighters who are who, who are getting up there, who are like are, are, are yeah, I'd, I'd say past their prime. And then if you look at his losses, he lost to Darren Till, mm. still still very young. I think Darren's twenty seven. Israel Adesanya, who's I don't even think has even reached the peak of his of his powers yet. Uh, he lost to Chris Weidman, who's who, despite having his ups and downs, is still a force in the division. And then he lost lost to Neil Magny. Neil Magny's a motherfucker, and he lost to Tyron Woodley uh, when mm. Wood. Uh, that was five years ago. So. That was just the star of Woodley. I'd say really Woodley two point oh. So yeah, I, Jack and Manson, as, as you say, it's been very, very like is very, very, very impressive in his in his last few fights. I think he's going to take it. I re, I, I really do. I know he lost to Can- uh, yeah he lost to Cannoneer last time out, didn't he? Or no, he beat Jacare. Sorry, he beat Jacare. Um. Or am I making that up? Or no? I no, think he, no, he no, did. That, that's that's yeah. why I was talking about. That he, you know, he he's firmly established himself uh, on on the map. Yeah. No. So yeah, he did. He did beat Jack Ray. Sorry. My, I'm, why am I guessing my old my memory, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, he beat Jack Ray, and he lost. He Hermanson lost to Cannoneer. But yeah, that was in that was in Copenhagen, or was that in Denmark? Yeah, it was in Copenhagen. Sorry, Copenhagen and Denmark are the same thing, man. My mind's. My man's frazzled today from a lack of mental activity. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, back to back to the point. I think I think Hermanson's going to take this fight. I, I yeah, a hundred percent. We're still on the main card, so there is still a chance that you and I will be disagreeing on this one. Figueredo versus Benitez two. If you got look, I I would I love for long time UFC mainstay. Benavides to win the title yes I'd mm-hmm. love to we, we'd all love to Joe, Joseph Benavides is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and he seems to be at every event even like the events abroad so what have you maybe it's because his, his other half yeah, travels there all the time travels uh, to all these <laughs> events other, but uh, but anyway he's such an he's such a nice guy but I just I don't see him beating Davidson I know the headbutt played a, a key role in the in 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 the knockout, but I don't I don't see him beating him. I I think it's going to be another stoppage. Okay, 
I'm just to spite you, I'm going to go with Benavides. How dare you? <laughs> Long-time veteran. The man has some stellar wins and against, you know, some name-brand opponents and you're going against him? I'm going Benavides only because you're going to figure it out. Gosh, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'd, I'd love to, to have egg on my face uh, the, the, the following morning and Joe to have the title. I, I really would do, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Cantering on quickly to the final uh, Fight Island card which they have released and that is Whitaker versus Till cantering through the prelims I'm really looking forward obviously to seeing Nathaniel Wood versus Umar Namega Madoff I think that's I personally feel that's a, a very tough matchup and I love the premise of um, I think we touched on this in the last show prospect versus prospect mm-hmm. I'm particularly looking forward to Tom Aspinall again trains with um, Darren Till Versus Jake Collier. Who you um, who are you looking forward to seeing on the the old prelims there? Again, Tom Aspinall, because obviously it was going to be his UFC debut in London, and being an Englishman fighting at the O2 Arena, making your debut there would have been some experience. But obviously, COVID nineteen deprived them of that that uh, once in a lifetime opportunity. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to to seeing him uh, get back get back in the cage. I mean. All, all of us have watched the Cage Warriors knows that he can throw them hands. So I I, I think he's going to knock out Jake Collier. I'm looking forward to the Mike Grundy fight. I do believe this is going to be Mike Grundy's second fight in the UFC. He was meant to fight. Well, obviously he was meant to fight Macron in, uh, in March, but COVID scuppered that. But he was meant to fight in Shenzhen, China. I can't remember who he was meant to fight off the top of my head, but... He was uh, he was forced out of that fight due to due to injury. So I'm looking forward to to seeing this, him this fight. This is like an end to the Cowboy, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, it's team <laughs> t- team Cowboy takeover, man. That's that's, yeah. that, that's 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 what it is. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing Mike Grundy get uh, get back in the cage, especially after um, the way he the way he handled Nad in his uh, UFC debut and. Nad Nirimani's no joke, and like I know, we all hold him in in high regard over here in Europe. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to I, seeing Mike get back in the cage there. I'm not gonna lie, I did not see that going down like that. No, I don't think anyone did, to be honest. No, <laughs> like uh, I mean, we we all know Grundy is this uh, the this man with uh, with great wrestling prowess, in particular good chain wrestling as well. But he lit him up. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the main card, main man Danny Roberts versus Nicholas Dalby. Now, this is uh, a carryover from the London card. And I have to say, I'm so pleased that they did keep this intact. I'm so pleased that they are going to, you know, make this happen on Yaz Island. Um, I'm going to be biased, obviously, in saying this, but I'm going with Danny Roberts just because, not, you know, because of gnome or anything, but because striking prowess, man. He's just too quick. He's just too intelligent. And I just think, you know, Nicholas... Won't be uh won't be on his level in terms of speed, and that's what I think is gonna gonna take this for for Danny. Yeah, like yeah, you, you talk about speed and that uh that slip and rip that he did against Zalim Imadayoff, man, Jesus Ooh. Christ, that was spun him literally that, spun him right yeah, around. Yeah, he, he literally he literally spun him, man. That was that was uh it was it was a thing of beauty. It, re- it really was. But mm. again, as as uh. I willed this into existence last week. We were talking about willing things into existence. I willed this fight into existence. I was calling for it to be reworked. It's been reworked. But anyway, going back to the matchup itself, 
I can see, yeah, I can see Danny having having the speed advantage, well, well and truly, but there's just there's just something about Nicholas's his doggedness. This isn't going to be an easy fight for Danny. Like, I mean, do you, were you there at um, Cage Warriors one hundred six, the Night of Champions, the fight with uh, Ross Houston? Was that the one where um, he to... was calling for them both to be in the UFC because they had to call off the fight because it was. The canvas had overheated. Was that the one? No, no, no. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, both of them had cuts, and the 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 the, uh, the octagon floor was was too slippery. It was they too kept slippery. Slipping. That was yeah. it. That was it. Right. It was madness, man. And just yeah, Dalby showed tough dog determination in that one, and even in the Alex Oliveira fight. I know he won that fight by a unanimous decision, but it just those performances. It, greatly attest to the mental fortitude that he has because obviously his uh his, his battles with uh with addiction were were well and truly uh public knowledge but yeah. for, for somebody to come back through that and to make it through the other the other side and to make it back to the 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 elite the elite the premier promotion you just can't count them out and again as i said last weekend these two are such nice guys i love i love both of them i love both of their fighting styles and I, I, I can't pick a winner. I, 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 I literally can't. But if you're, if I was, if you had to ask me who I think has the edge, I think it, Danny does have the edge in striking. And that's why, are you going with him? I mean, gun to head? Because we are on the main card, you know? Yeah. How dare you pick against Danny Roberts? It's a UK guy. Anyway, so, I know. Uh, I said I'm going with him. I'm going. With, I'm going. I'm going oh, you with, are. Yeah, I'm going with Danny. Yeah, sorry, man. You must have misheard me. No, of course I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying Danny's got the advantage, but I love Nicholas Dalby. I, I I really do, man. And he's a fighter that I really want to interview as well to to get his story out. Yeah, his story is amazing. Mm-hmm. His story is absolutely amazing. But speaking of amazing. Alexander Gustafsson coming back, but coming back as a heavyweight after leaving his gloves in the octagon as a light heavyweight versus Fabricio Verdun. Um I think I've got Alexander all day on this. His boxing, tasty. It's going to yeah. piece Verdun up. Yeah, for, for sure, man. Like, And not to mention speed advantage. Speed advantage yeah. as well. Like, Verdun, look, I, I know it was his first fight in over two years. Uh, because of the USADA violation, which I believe came after, was it might have been in competition uh, violation, something from the the Volkov fight. But in that Volkov fight, well, sorry, in, in the Olenek fight, he just looked, he looked slow and 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 he looked off. And like I know, I know octagon rust is is, is a real thing. Anybody's that's, anybody that's not Dominic Cruz suffers from octagon rust. But even in the the fight against uh, against Volkov. There, there were just something wasn't right. He looked, I didn't, I don't want to say out of shape because obviously he's naturally a big guy. He's a heavyweight, but he just didn't look himself. He didn't mm. look himself, and yeah, and and, and you talk about Alexander Gustafsson's striking prowess. I believe he was a, a sweet a Swedish boxing champion when he when he was younger. I think he's gonna, yeah. It's gonna, the the speed advantage, the the advantage in uh, in the hands. I think he's he's gonna stop Verdun. I th- I think he is. So long as he can stay away from the the clinching and stay away from the ground, I I think this is gonna be a pretty easy victory for Gus. <laughs> Next up, Alex Oliveira versus Peter Sabota. 
Um, who have you got here? I'm going to go with Cowboy. Uh, I can't remember the last time Peter Sabota fought. Was <laughs> I, I generally can't remember the last time he fought. Was I, it? Was it against um, Leon? Leon. Yeah, it was. It Edwards. was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember talking yeah. to him about his his Jamaican accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. That was. Uh, that was two years. Yeah. That was two a bit years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know before that he actually well he actually beat Dalby before that, mm. or yeah he beat Dalby and he beat uh, who's the guy that that Matt Brown beat not too long ago ah, Ben Saunders yeah so just to be contrary I'm going with uh, Sabota oh come on man <laughs> you get the contrary the, the, the Jamaican. Hey, the Jamaican Peter Sabota. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, you've got good reason to. You've got good reason to. <laughs> Next up, Shogun Hua uh, versus Nogueira. Blimey. You know something? I'm not going to lie. It was only until I started browsing through this and I thought, he's still in the UFC. Jesus Christ. Who do you, say, who do you think that about? Nogueira. Okay, yeah. I, I, if you were going to say Shogun, no. me, and you, me and you were going to be warring there, bro. <laughs> if, you, if you were to say that. No, yeah. Um, the last time Nogueira fought, I think it was on that 237 card, the Yunus Andrade one card, and he lost to... I'm pretty sure Ryan Spann sparked him out. I think it was Ryan Spann, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean... This I don't want to sound disrespectful when I'm saying Same. this or whatever. I know where you're coming. Go this, on, this bring is, it on. This is a battle of of war horses, worn out war horses, isn't it? Wow, it wow. Is. I, do, do, I was going to go with shot legends, but I'm glad you said war horse because that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, but don't person to mind. But yes, I totally it, agree with you. But yeah, like I've, I, I love these guys and watching these guys in, in Pride was one of the things that got me into this sport well well and truly and consumed me and made me consume the sport on a more regular basis. But there comes a time when you just have to call it a day and Yes. And I mean, what else does Shogun have to prove in in, in this sport? Nothing. UFC UFC champion, Pride Pride Grand Prix winner as well, man. And what else does a man have to, have to prove? He's thirty eight mm. years old. He's he's fought a who's who of whoever. He's got some huge wins over. Let, okay, so let's let's go over there. Who he's beat? Shogun's beaten. Da da da. Okay, let me let, uh, let me bring up his. his okay, he's beat Forrest Griffin. He's beat Leon Machida. He's beat Chuck Liddell, Mark Colum, Alistair Overeem twice, Kevin Randleman, Ciro Diabate. Uh, yeah. So, and not to mention, he's also he's already beat um, Nogueira. So this is a weird rematch that they're doing. Yeah, uh, mm. that's why I'm going with Shogun Hua. You're right. It is the battle of the past it veterans. It is the battle of the war horses. But um, hopefully, um, it will mean that they will both. Can you imagine this if they both left their gloves in the middle of the octagon following this? Yeah, I, I mean. Far be it from me to tell the fighter when to when to hang up. If they still, if they still have all their faculties and they still think that they can they can do it, and obviously they're doing it to provide money for their family. Although one would hope that Shogun's made enough money during his career to to be able to to call it a day. But 
retirement has to be has to be in on the horizon for them soon. But one Hang thing, I, one thing I will say about Shogun: every time we think that this man is, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be a swan song. It's going to be farewell. He comes back. I mean, he bounced back from the losses to Henderson and Oven and Saint Peru. He went on a three fight win streak. And mm. I know Anthony Smith dealt with him like like that. That was a bad knockout. That was a very bad knockout. But then he came back and he beat Tyson Pedro by yeah. by by a TKO. So I mean, and obviously there was the 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 fight with Paul Craig, which is a, a split draw. I kind of had the fight to uh, I was leaning towards Paul Craig, but again, man, he's he's still showing he can hang with these these young these young lines. So. Again, who am I to say that you should you should call it a day? I just want to see fighters, veterans, legends of the sport call it a day before the sport calls it a day for them. If you know what I mean, mm. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I want. But again, I, I I love Shogun to death, and I'm going with Shogun for this. Yeah. Finally, Robert Whittaker versus Darren Till. I love this. I love this immensely because we all know what happens if Darren does actually get through, which I think he will get through Whitaker. Title shot, baby. Oh, man. And if Adesanya gets through Costa, man, stylistically, that matchup is just going to be... <laughs> it's going to be a wet dream, man. It's going to be yeah. insane. It's going to be mm. insane. Oh, I, I... You, you know something? I'm going to say this now. Darren Till does go through Robert Whitaker like butter. Man. And gets the matchup with Adesanya and becomes our next middleweight champion. Ooh. I'm just calling it now. Okay, okay, okay. I no. said it with my chest. It's going to happen. I'm calling it into existence. Hey, man, I, I, I love Darren Till. I, I really do. He's, he's, uh, many people don't see this, uh, see this, but like in interactions which I've had with him off dictaphone and off camera, he's, he's, he's wise beyond, beyond his years. I know... A lot of people don't see that from his Instagram, uh, his, 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 his Instagram uh, antics and what have you. And I mean, let's talk about that for for a sec. I mean, the man bought a website to troll Mike Perry. That's <laughs> and it is an amazing website. Yeah. I visited it, and uh, the, the the humor in there is off the scale. <laughs> but yeah, Darren Darren Darren's a very smart man, and he's a very smart fighter as well. I mean, yeah, a lot of people didn't really like uh didn't really enjoy the Gastelum fight but for me it was a it was a picture it was a textbook performance a yeah, textbook I'm performance very technical very technical very very mm. technical and now moving on to the, the Rob Whitaker fight i think Darren's going to Darren's very good at setting setting up traps and i think he's going to set Rob Whitaker up into trap into a trap much like uh Adesanya did in last it was last october sorry that they that, that they fought the thing is with robert whitaker he's very good at his at, at his blitzes uh, you know his, his, his f- f- uh, quick entries and in, in into the exchanges but till's a very good till's a very good counter striker so i think as i said i think he's gonna he's gonna get caught with something and but again like this this is kind of like a, a Danny Roberts Nicholas Dalby situation. I love both guys. I mean, if anybody hates Robert Whitaker, me and you can throw hands personally because that <laughs> man that man is, su- is such a nice guy, but I think Darren's going to take this and then I think they've got to do the Adesanya fight. And if they do if if Adesanya comes through Costa 
and mm. Whitaker gets through the Whitaker. No, uh, Darren gets through Darren. Whitaker. Mm. You do that fight at Anfield because. Ah, oh, can you imagine? You do that fight at Anfield because Anfield. I think it, it must be nearly two years ago that they success, success successfully <laughs> applied for um, a license to stage uh, to stage concerts and uh, boxing events at Anfield. So, I mean, you do that fight in like a well May or June, like. I mean, look at the weather outside right now. It'd be perfect time to do it. Can you so, imagine? Yeah. Oh, it'd be it'd be insane. And hmm. there's a built-in storyline anyway because those two are they're probably they're like frenemies if if you if you know what I mean. Like they, yeah. I mean, yeah, they slide into into each other's DMs on Instagram and they taunt each <laughs> other like you know, on the regular. So that that would make for a, for a good build-up. And and obviously, although there's the frenemy side, they're they also respect each other's respective skill sets and again as we as i said before stylistically that matchup would just be it'd be a high stakes chess match 100% well just before we wrap up is there anything else that you want to bring to the table that was uh, my two pennies that i wanted to actually discuss okay so what did you make of uh, dana white's comments again i think it was on the 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 schmo zone but although it was the schmo didn't actually appear he well he was there but then he he went out of character for the remainder of the interview i don't know if you watched it where he, yeah yeah he basically he started off as the schmo it's the schmo i'd say <laughs> the shtick get grapes it is so jarring the guy i have to say i know you know i shouldn't really diss another man in his living but it doesn't do anything for me hey well I mean, it worked. It worked because I think he he first did it at a press conference. I think it was two thirty six, and yeah. Dana White was so taken aback by him that he told uh, told Lene, I think one of his like his assistants and pretty high up in the UFC, to like, mm. uh, this guy can come back and interview me because he was blown away with it. And obviously, it's worked. For his, <laughs> really? It's, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what happened. Yeah, and it's it's worked. It's uh, it's worked for him. So. I mean, fair play, but I, I I find it somewhat annoying anyway. But but anyway, I I don't know what the equivalent I could do it would be with it. But anyway, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to do that for the for the likes and for the what have you. But what was what was it? Dana exactly said. I think he said the entire world turned into pussies overnight, and that. If, as much as I love Dana and as much as I'm grateful he's putting on fights during this this testing time, that didn't sit well with me because the global death toll from this, I, I haven't even looked because I, I try not to look anymore because it's just it's it's just so sad to see so many people losing their lives to an an invisible killer. Well, that's that's essentially what this this virus is and yeah. that so many more people are still losing their lives. Like I'm I mean in the UK I know the numbers are going down and it's sad that now that deaths under 100 or under 200 are are being celebrated, if you know what I mean. But when that's 100 families who are losing loved ones and, and what have you. And mm. the, the comments just didn't sit well with me, like given the current climate and the amount of people that have lost their lives. And I get what he was trying to say. I, I think he just said it in his overt, brash way. He was essentially trying to say that we become afraid to to return to to return to normalcy, but 
the way that you said it, it really didn't sit well with me. What what were your thoughts? Well, the whole interview was um, Dana White. Dana Whiting. When you think about it, he's not the most sensitive of individuals. Not only, you know, should he have considered that people watching that would have had loved ones, would have had and people who they were friends with, would have had people a connection to those who have passed away because of the virus. But, you know, I think as well, when you look at the wider issues that he was tackling, um, he was talking about... MMA journalists is his well-worn trope, being the weakest human beings on the planet. Uh, he was yeah. talking about the fact that, you know, he doesn't want Nunes to, to retire because, you know, they built an entire division for her. And, uh, you know, I, I think he was, his quote was, I will kill her. But um, the, the, the thing was, kind of, well, the, the whole interview was kind of like laden with just insensitivity. Now, going back to the whole, you know, reference to COVID-19 and his... Um, indifference to it it's just typical trumpism stroke dana white and you know i wasn't surprised and this is just just this is just who dana white is the thing that was was kind of like again i want to keep prefacing this by saying look i've got nothing against the schmo i don't care for his brand of journalism but just speaking of journalism it's just interesting that dana talks about these pencil neck uh, geeks who rock up to these press conferences with um, and he was you know taken into task and saying they weren't journalists but yet he courts people like Barstool he courts people like the Schmo who clearly are sycophants I'm sorry there's no other way to actually cut this who clearly mm. are sycophants or shills because none of these um, platforms actually rally back and you know take him to task or even ask him challenging questions or um have countered questions when he makes absurd statements so i suppose in short i wasn't impressed but i wasn't surprised yeah um uh, again i have no issue personally with uh, the the two people who work for the outlets that you just uh, you, you just mentioned there that's the route that they've decided to go and to a certain degree, I, I just have to respect their decision. But the the fact that, as you said, that Dana said that these are the the uh, MMA media, the wimpiest, blah 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 people that you <laughs> that on the planet, and then he's he's doing sit down interviews with them. It's yeah, it, <laughs> the irony, man. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> you the, know the the irony again. I preface that by saying I have no issue with the with uh, the two guys. I'm sure. Same. I'm sure, yeah. Same. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're nice guys or what have you. And but again, as you said, the, the UFC and Dana White they're very very smart with the media who they engage with, especially in terms of this these new emerging media outlets. I mean, Barstool Sports its reach is massive, so that's why I think uh, they're getting lots of time with with Dana White. I think they've had maybe two or three sit-down interviews with them yeah. recently. And again, the Shmuel, his, his shtick has garnered a following. So that's why he's also getting getting interviews with them. But you you do see the common theme here in that none of those two, Bobby Barstool or um, the Shmo, are going to ask any difficult, challenging or questions which do advance conversations to a level where, you know, Dana was taken to task on issues. You know, whilst, whilst I remember this as well, the thing that really grated 
or grinded my gears, just to pull up a phrase which I know you love, uh, <laughs> ground my gears, um, was when the Schmo was talking about, or the, the guy who plays the Schmo, was talking about the fact that he um, offered out Ariel Hawani oh, to a $25,000 grappling match. Now that grated. I, I thought, what are you doing here? I mean, really and truly, you know that Dana doesn't like um, Ariel already, but yet yeah. you want to engage in a conversation which further trashes him? Man, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, in fact, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that. He was just hoping, He was initially I think he was just hoping upon hoping that Ariel would, would quote tweet him and say, okay, well, just quote tweet him and address him. Because if he yeah. did that, Ariel's, Ariel's following is on Twitter is what, nearly three quarters of a million? And then mm. you can think of the subsequent uh, traction that he himself would get. From, yeah. yeah. So that's what I think think that was. And again, why why bring Ariel into this, especially where, when Dana White's there and you know that Dana White doesn't like Ariel yeah. and that he's, that he's just going to bash him for, for no for no reason now. Like for li- literally, it's yeah that 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 actually irked me because. Well, I, I don't know if the Shmo's ever talked with Ariel. I, 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 I don't know if you've ever interacted with Ariel. Ariel's a, a really, lot. Ni- Ariel's a a lot really nice guy. A lot in my days. Yeah. He, he's, 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 a very... he's helped me immensely. Like, yeah. like more than anybody like can actually possible, possibly imagine. Yeah. What a really, really nice guy. And, like, I, I know there's not, not that much of a of an age difference between him and myself. But he's somebody that I looked up to even before I got into, like, uh, got into... Well, even got, before I got into the Daily Star, I, I knew I wanted to do MMA reporting of of some kind because of mm. everything that, that that I saw of of his. So he's someone that I, that I look up to, and and if you think about it as well, would there even be a, a, a space or a platform for someone like the Shmo to be doing what he was doing if if Ariel wasn't there? If you like, if Ariel you did, didn't pave the way to a certain extent, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, that as you said, you you stole my phrase in there midway through. That really grinds my gears, and hopefully that BS stops. Because what are you doing? What what purpose does it serve? Exactly. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Wocast. Join us on Monday when we'll have the return of G. Until next time, make some trouble. Bye.